Hey guys, welcome to uh, episode another episode of Ruin Hammer. Good day, mate. How's things? Good, mate. How are you? Yeah, um, had better days. A lot of rain up here. Um, it's videos back. Videos back. Yeah, bucketing down with rain up here. So had a few issues with the old ceiling, uh, that kind of <laughs> thing. But you get that, don't you, with uh, with this kind of weather? What about you? Yeah, mate. Um, I've had a relatively um, difficult week. Um, had one of my good schoolmates uh, pass away uh, in a tragic work accident the other day. So it's kind of been playing havoc um, on my mm. mind the last couple of days. So, um, you know, being on here live with you tonight, mate, kind of takes my mind off that. And, uh, you know, I'm sure our, our special guest will, um, will make me uh, smile quite a bit as well. Yeah, that's it. Well, well, let's bring him on, shall we? We will, mate. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining us. Uh, so tonight, we've got, a obviously, a very special episode of Ruin Hammer. Um, our very special guest tonight played 247 NRL games over a 10-year career, representing our beloved Warriors in 75 uh, games in his three seasons at the club. He's won two premierships, represented New, Ze New South Wales and Australia. But to us, he will always be Warrior number 156. Welcome, Jimmy Maloney. G'day guys, how are you? Yeah, good, we're mate. doing how are you? Doing good, thanks mate. How's How are you enjoying life in France there, Jimmy? Yeah, mate, really enjoying it. A little bit over all the restrictions and that that are going on with all the COVID stuff. It's sort of been dragging on now and I think everyone over here is just waiting for it to move on and, and the world to get on um, how it was. So that's a little bit frustrating, but, um, you know, we play... We kick off the Super League season this week, so excited to get back into some footy. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll, we'll go back to the very start. So tell us a bit about your rugby league journey. Now, you were born in Orange and country New South Wales. So how did you get into rugby league and who were your junior clubs? Yeah, I started playing. I was born out Orange, um, grew up there. We left there when I was 10 years old. Um, started playing out there with um, SJS. Um, at under eight, uh, mum wouldn't let me, wouldn't let me play football until I was eight. I used to have to play soccer, um, but uh, dad, dad played um, bush footy and and all that. And um, from all the reports, was a pretty handy, handy bush footballer. So um, he coached me in under eights, nines, ten, sort of out there as we were coming through and. Um, and then I moved, then we moved to the central coast and basically grew up there for the rest of it. I played with, um, St. Edwards and Arimba up there and, um, yeah. And then, then headed down to Sydney after that, I went to North Sydney Bears at the, at the start and, um, and sort of went on through there through Parramatta and Melbourne and then over to the Warriors. Yeah, I was going to say you, you played with the Arimba Magpies, also the mighty North Sydney Bears. How did you come to sign with Power for the 2007 season? Um, I, well, I was just playing up the Central Coast. I was playing in the under-19s with Arimba and got pulled up. At, at the time, they they were playing in the Jim Beam Cup. We had, they had four Central Coast sides playing in that Jim Beam Cup with the Sydney sides, and I got pulled up when I was in year 12 playing in that. Um, and then the next year for that was under 20, so that was Jersey Flag then, I think. Um, and me and about five mates went just went down to the North Sydney Bears Open Trials, and um, we we pretty much all managed to get picked up, so we had a really 
really fun year um, up there. It was full on, you know, I was working as an apprentice carpenter, um, working all day. Then we'd all carpool down for training at, in the afternoon and played the year. And I spent um, the first half of the year in the under 20s and then got pulled up to the Premier League with North Sydney Bears. And Greg Florimo actually pulled me in and, and said to me, you know, do, it, do I have a football manager? And I said, no, mate, like I was just a kid. I never knew anything about managers and what all that was. And he just sort of said, he goes, mate, I think it would be a good idea to, um, you know, if you got one and um, got in touch with Wayne Beavis and hooked up with him. And then he basically got me um, the deal out Parramatta. I think I was more a bit of a, a favour um, at that point in time. I think he had a few blokes, a few blokes, so. Um, that were high profile and he, he sort of just said, look, can you give this kid a crack? And I think my first contract out there was about $12,500 a year and went out there and, yeah, progressed on from there. Yeah, well, that, that was going to be my next question. So you were contracted to Parramatta and you helped uh, Wentworthville win the New South Wales Cup competition. And in um, 2008, you were selected in the New South Wales Cup team of the year, but you were stuck behind guys like Tim Smith, Brett Finch, the Keating brothers and part-time half for Letty Mateo. Um, so you signed with Melbourne for the 2009 season. Was that just looking for an opportunity? Yeah, it was. I sort of went through. So I had 2007, my first year I I was playing and I did my ankle. I did need to fall up, syndesmosis and the whole works, which pretty much ruled me out for the year. Um, and then, yeah, 2008 sat there. We had a really successful year with Wentworth Phil and, I think I ended up uh, one one game. I was on standby. Um, Finchy, Brett Finch was playing um, country, and if he didn't back up, I would have played and and debuted. Um, but then he was okay and backed up. And I thought I, I just sort of felt like I was sort of sitting there. I didn't felt like there was nothing more I could do in reserve grade. Um, you know, I was just sort of waiting for an opportunity and got a call from Craig Bellamy, obviously at that time that was when they had Greg Inglis playing in at five eight because they didn't really have another another specialist sort of five eight. So um yeah, signed for that opportunity and that <laughs> worked out really good. Debut, I think it was about round five, but then two weeks later Brett Finch fell out at Parramatta and come down there and I <laughs> stuck behind him again. Stitch up. <laughs> We've, we've, we've all heard the, heard the stories about um, how tough a preseason under Craig Bellamy can be. And uh, are they as brutal and as punishing as people say? Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I think me and my roommates used to come home after days and just go, you know what, I, let's just work nine to five for the rest of our lives. <laughs> easier than what this is all about. So it def, definitely was. I think it's just a shock we they you, you know, I think that's no secret. That's why Melbourne they are they are so fit and so mentally strong mm. because they they go through such enduring preseasons. And you know, I it was really good for me. Um, you know, I learned so much just in that twelve months. And um, I think in terms of a preseason, everywhere I went after that, it wouldn't it didn't matter what they threw at me. I just knew I was like, whatever you throw at me, I'm going to have done worse. So. I think mentally it puts you in a pretty good um, headspace to deal with anything after that. Yeah, so, so you made your first grade debut uh, round five against Penrith. 
So how did that come about? And what do you remember about your first grade debut? Yeah, I, I just remember, I remember, I remember Belag um, asked, call him into his office or whatever. And um, he said, do you reckon you're ready for first grade? I said, yeah, I, I was pretty confident. I said, yeah, I suppose I'm, I reckon I am. And um, yeah, I remember him, him saying, um, yeah, look, you're going to be going this um, this weekend. You'll be starting. Um, that was that was pretty special because that was 2009, and just at the start of 2009, my old my old boy had passed away, and he actually played played footy with and against um, Bellyache out. Okay. out oh, cool. uh, I think Bellyache was at Oberon at the time. Dad Dad played a bit of time out at Orange Sims and stuff like that and I think they played together in the rep side out there and that so uh, Billy Ake knew my dad so that was that was quite cool and I remember him presenting presenting me uh, my jersey um, you know which which was really special and um, look Melbourne were really good I remember they they flew they used to fly anyone who was debuting they'd fly your mum and Mum and that down, mum and dad's down and that, and put them up and make make sure they enjoyed the weekend and that. So yeah, it was it was a really special time and um, we had a, we had a win and and beat Penrith and yeah, it was it was awesome. You um you signed with the Warriors for the 2010 season on a three year deal. How did that come about? And was it true that you told your manager that you play anywhere except Canberra and, and New Zealand? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had. It was funny. I um. Yeah, I was sort of obviously when Finchie come down there, and then I was stuck again. Um, you know, just wait, waiting for opportunities behind guys, and um, so my manager sort of went went looking about, and he, he called me and he he said, oh, he said, mate, I've got your gig uh, at the Warriors. And I said, mate, keep looking. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I think that was it was only because at the time I would only gone over there to play, um, you know, reserve grade for the day. You flew into the day. A lot of the time they didn't even didn't necessarily play at Mount Smart. They played in another. Um, can't even remember the town where where it was. But played down there. You just stayed in this crummy little hotel. You just flew there, flew out, went back and. As it would turn out, most of the times it was wet and rain, and every time you flew over there, I was like, "This joint's a hole. I'm not going there." <laughs> but, but it, yeah, it, he sort of, he sort of just, just said to me, he said, he said, "Look, mate, it's, it's it'll be full time first grade. It's what you need." And looking back, it was the best thing that like, we ever did. You know, it was a big move. We, we loved our time in in New Zealand. Spent three years there. It was actually. A period um, when we thought we thought oh was it 2011 in the lead up to 2011 we we started looking at re-signing there and was going to look at buying a house and looking to stay long term and then uh, yeah things things went a different way the the club sort of needed to sort out some other guys before they could do my deal and in the meantime we we had that really really good run to the grand final and there were just a lot of options. Um, popped up back home, um, and and the, you know we just had we just had our second bub, and we'd been away from family, and yeah, just just become a bit more more convenient to go home from there. But yeah, it was it was great times in New Zealand. We all enjoyed it. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll wind the clock back to round one, 2010, where you made your Warriors debut on the Gold Coast. You know, I, was, I was at that game. And um, so what were your memories of your Warriors first grade debut? Oh, this is just me. Warriors first game. Well, now I know it was at the Gold Coast. So <laughs> I, I, I can't even, I, I can't remember whether we, whether we won or won we or lost. lost. We lost right at the end. Yeah, you lost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, well, I, I know just from, from history, from history that we would have had a damn good turnout on the Gold Coast because it used to be like a, like a home game. Yeah. Whenever we'd play yeah, on the no, Gold Coast. Um, yeah, it was fantastic. Uh, we just got done by a Preston Campbell uh, late 14 Preston 12, Campbell wasn't it? Try. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it was 18, that, 18 all, 24 18, we went down. Yeah. I remember, the, I remember the semi final at the end of that year where we got beat against the Gold Coast and mm. knocked out. I remember, I remember that game. Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, didn't remember that first one. Not too many memories of the first one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your, um, your first home game at Mount Smart Stadium was the round two win against Cronulla. Um, do you remember that game? And what was it like playing your first game on home soil in New Zealand in front of a Mount Smart crowd? Yeah, I, I used to love Mount Smart. That was, that was when we, we'd come out the tunnel too. Uh, I remember yeah, going awesome. down there. That was, yeah, that was always an event. I, it was such a cool atmosphere, you know. We we go over there. The, the fans were always so passionate and and so loud. And yeah, I used to love going up, going up the tunnel to the second field, warming up, and then coming down with the drums and the the fire and coming out that corner in the tunnel. That yeah, there there were a lot of. I'll never forget that feeling because I, I I did really enjoy that. I thought that was um, such a yeah such a cool way. I don't think they do it anymore. We. We, no, we missed that. Not, we no. stopped doing it, I think, towards the end of when I was there. But yeah, it was it was a was a good way to come into the ground. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, the real Warriors experience. Now let yeah. me test you again, mate. Um, do you remember your third game for the club? I think you may remember this one because it was at Suncorp Stadium against the Broncos. Another game that I was at, and another great <laughs> Warriors turnout. You scored your first points for the Warriors. In fact. You scored three tries and kicked eight goals uh, for a, rec a record equaling 28-point haul. Now, you must remember that game. Yes, I do remember parts of that game, yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it was good because I think I, I scored the last one right. It was not long to go and it was like chip and chase. Yeah. I thought, oh, we'll just have a crack and chip and chase and then kick the head and, and got the last one. So, yeah, I, I did. Bounce, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did remember that one. That 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 was good. Um, I think that were, we played against Darren Lockyer that day. Lockyer yep. was still Absolutely. playing, I think. So, yeah, um, yeah, that was a good game. Obviously, a, a very good win. Um, you don't you don't get to have games like that and victories like that against the Broncos side very oh, often. No. So, yeah, that's right. That was it was a thoroughly enjoyable one. You um you were saying before the we finished the regular season in fifth spot face the Titans in that semi-final on the Friday night where we were beaten 28-16, bundled out of the semis due to that ridiculous McIntyre system. Um, yeah. I think because the Roosters the Roosters beat the Tigers in yeah, that epic play, game that they played. the Nasta field goal one. I remember yeah, being was, that's there. right. And then um, we, and we, we Skidney scored we that thought, try. Yeah, we thought we, we thought we were through because 
30 seconds to go and t- we needed Tigers to win and they just got a scrum feed with the ball and then they packed the scrum and the ball sat at lock and then somehow a back rower from the Roosters grabbed it from lock of the Tigers. So I don't know, it was a shambles, Jeez. but then they kicked yeah. Yeah. It was a crazy, crazy time. <laughs> and and then and also um, Canberra beat Penrith on the in the second game that night, which that yeah, was the one that knocked us yeah. out completely. Um, yeah, I think I think from memory, Canberra were on a like on a run. I think they were on a pretty hot were, run. Yeah. yeah, and they were they were probably the side you were. If one was going to knock someone off, I think that was that was that. I think that was the year that Penrith were they were scoring a lot of tries from their like bombs and that yep. at the end of their sets and yeah, all that. And Canberra, but yeah, it was a strange system because you you went into limbo. We were sitting fifth, and then. Yep. Even the next year, we finished sixth, sixth. and right, lost yeah. the first one. We got pumped at Brisbane, I think yeah. it was in Brisbane. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And then, but then survived and made the grand final. So it was, yeah, it was a strange old system, you know, because you're, you're at home going, well, is our season over? Do we get on the beers with the boys? Or so you sort of have a drink. Oh, stop, put the drink away. <laughs> we so might be playing. Where yeah, were you? So, where were you when you're watching? Because the semi-final that you played was that that was at the Gold Coast, wasn't it? On the Friday. Gold Coast. I think, yeah, I think we were back home by back home by then. And I remember because I remember boys on WhatsApp or messaging going like everyone obviously at yep. the gate at home and that and going oh we're, we're sweet when no nah, we're not sweet like we're, <laughs> yeah going oh, on death row. It was a bit of, bit of a shambles. Yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll get to 2011. So the season started horribly with three straight losses, but then um, the team rallied and we won seven of the next eight games to set ourselves up for a strong finish to the season. So what was the change in 2011 following those first three losses? Was it an attitude or a different style of play was adopted? I don't, I don't know. To be, to be fair, I didn't even realise we lost three at the start. <laughs> Ask us, um, mate. We'll, we'll tell you everything. We, we've got all the stats. <laughs> you just know more about it than me. I've I got, got the worst memory in the world. Um, yeah, no, I, I can't remember. I know we've, um, like, I remember getting 2010 was a, was a dec- like, decent season. You know, we were sort of competitive without being, you know, clearly some of the top sides. And I think there was, um, you know, a little bit to work on and and that, but I, I think we were sort of we were sort of getting there. We we worked out our our sort of style of play that suited us. Uh, I think through two thousand eleven, um, we had um, periods there. Kevy Lock was in awesome form mm. at at fullback. There, I remember our our forward pack um, being really strong, and that's how that's how we used to play have our game based around we had a really strong forward pack we had you know Lance O'Hire and guys like this Sarah Naramaya guys guys that were really good Louis Brown in that hooker guys that were really good at playing on momentum and playing through the middle of the field and I think we just we just sort of found our groove of what of what sort of worked for us and what what our style of football was there was a there was a young kid by the name of Sean Johnson who made his debut in round thirteen that season. What do you remember thinking when he came into first grade? What was it like playing alongside him, effectively as the senior halves partner? When when in in actual fact you'd only played forty games of first grade yourself at that time. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I think I think it was um, I think 
Fred Seymour busted his hand or something like that or something happened and Shawnee got a um, got his start. I, I remember obviously when I from the moment I got over there that there was always this buzz on this this young Sean Johnson coming through and I'd I'd watch him in the twenties before us the year before and things like that. So it was it was quite clear he was always going to be a talented talented kid coming through and um, you know I I think it was pretty pretty comfortable. Um, I suppose obviously still not having played that many games myself, I was still pretty comfortable by that time with the side and and steering people around the park and pushing blades where they had to go. So I think for me, it was just about making sure, you know, as he, him coming through as a young kid that he could just do do his game and worry about himself, that he didn't have the pressure of anything else, just sort out his game and, and enjoy it. And, and I can sort of take some pressure off and do the rest. So and it, it was good. Obviously, he, he developed... Um, throughout that year, got more opportunities at the end. Obviously, um, set up that wicked try to get us um, against Melbourne, where he, he turned Kevy Proctor and Cooper Cronk in yeah. circles, and Louis Brown went over. So, yeah, there's uh, lots of good memories. Yeah, well, I think um, Shawnee's introduction to the team coincided with us going on a bit of a run in 2011. I'll tell you a bit more about the Warriors as well. This <laughs> you again about the 2011 season. Um, so nine out of final 13 games to qualify. Um, so so you kind of answered this before, but did you feel you went into the, the first game against Brisbane? Um, I think I remember at the time we were fairly confident of getting a win and we obviously got pumped that night. But were you, uh, did, did, did you have sort of nightmares about the final system from last year that started us? Yeah, I, I, I suppose at, at the time, like I can't remember a whole lot about the the Brisbane game. I remember it being, yeah, a massive loss, like complete hammer, and I, I can't remember exactly the things of the game or why it went wrong. But obviously, for a score like that, pretty much everything must have gone wrong. Um, and then, yeah, after after that last year, yeah, you go through the same nervous thing because, as I said, we finished one higher, so you had. You actually, this year you had, you know, no, the two bottom results had to go the right way. You know, you didn't even have a chance of yep. this. So, um, yeah, as, as luck had it, things things went our way. I think I think we always had the had the belief that you, we'd be right again next week um, if we got a chance. Like we just we just completely missed the mark there. Everything everything sort of went amiss, but. Well, I think for me, remembering back, I, I still was confident we had a, a side that was capable to do things. We just needed the opportunity and needed to get it right. Yeah, well, luckily for us, both the Cowboys and Knights were beaten by Manly in Melbourne. And we progressed through the semi-final against the Tigers, a game I was at. And I remember very, very fondly. It's where this jersey is kind of synonymous with that that win. Um what are your memories of that game? Because that, that first half, the Tigers were all over us. And then it, it was kind of a game of two halves. You scored um, late in the first half. And then the second half, I think Folletti Matteo put on a masterclass um, to get us back into that game. Yeah, I remember, just because I seen clips, I remember, I remember scoring off Kevin Lockwood when Kevin jumped out of hooker. I remember yep. I remember sitting there and seeing quick play the ball, Kevin at... Kevin at um, you know, hooker, and I thought, mate, he's going to go there. And he, yeah, he was in 
um, you know, outstanding form that year. Like he, he was, he was probably behind Billy Slater as the, you know, up there with Billy and as the best fullback in the comp. Like he was, he was outstanding. And I remember when he got the ball gun, he, he's a chance to go through here, like, and then skip through and he flicked me the ball and just got there and um, yeah, went all the way. I, I remember at the end, that was the one two A we went to Inu. Was it Inu? Inu had tried from that kick, yeah. yeah. Inu scored from that kick, and then I think with a, yeah, I, th- I think there was something on the short side, maybe four or five to go. I think I don't know if Benji or something tried to run it or something, or he, he come up with a play that went went the wrong way. You know, it wasn't how he wanted, and then from there, I think that might have even been in the lead up to when we got the Inu kick from memory. I think yeah. he might have went down a short side. I went to kick or something happened and then we got in field position to kick. And obviously, you knew there, um, you know, he, he was such a target under the high ball and, and got that over. And, yeah, we got the chance to go. So, yeah, it was a, you know, I still I still talk to actually remember playing with Chris Heinington and that years later and um, <laughs> or running into Timmy Molson and they still go, they go, mate, I can't believe, we lost that game like it was so yeah it was a close one and I know some of the boys from the Tigers still can't believe we beat them mate they've never recovered they haven't played a semi-final game since the poor old Tigers yeah right wow that's that's interesting Timmy Maltzen only needed to put a hand on um, Chris to stop that try as well (laughs) yeah that's right because he came yeah he came down short didn't he that's right yeah right yeah that's right crazy (laughs) Well, the next week, we faced Melbourne and Melbourne, a game that you touched on earlier in the grand final qualifier in a game that is widely regarded as one of the finest in the club's history. Uh, you were right in the thick of the action. You scored a first-half try, and then you iced the game with that sideline conversion to put us up by eight. Um, what do you remember about the game itself and then the feeling that you'd qualified for your first NRL grand final? Yeah, I think um, we... And the Warriors, we had a really good record. Like Melbourne were clearly the dominant side through all that period of time, but the Warriors always had a really good record against them. Probably they probably had one of the better ones of, of any other side, I'd say. And I remember with Ivan, is uh, the whole game plan was just to stop Cameron Smith. So we we had it worked out that basically, you know, if we if we stop Cameron Smith, then that stopped. Slater and and Cronk all on the back of that because if we can you know control the ruck and and do all that and it, it worked out really well for us. Um, I remember remember the try scoring uh, that Lucky sent to me because he used to do a bit of ball playing and um, and dropping the middles off and I think I can't think I think from memory there might I don't know if we got held up or something maybe the tackle before. But I feel like there was a bit of a stop in play. And I, I remember saying to Lucky, like, go across, show the, you know, dummy to the thing and, and I'll just pop off your outside hip and just hit me. And, and then he, so he went and did it and then threw it. I remember the ball was awful. It was up over me. And I had to catch it up. <laughs> but he went, but we went straight through and, I just, I just thought I was sort of watching. I just, for some reason, I just knew it was was going to happen and, and was going to work and and went over and um, and then obviously right at the end, obviously Shawnee setting up that brilliant try, uh, you know, turning everyone inside out and putting Louis over it. 
in the end, you know, that was um, pretty special. And I actually remember, of course, I'd obviously two years before I'd been at Melbourne, I remember talking to Bellyache in the sheds afterwards and he was he was blowing up. He said, he said, I've told him all week, watch Maloney hit at holes, watch Maloney hit at holes. <laughs> and uh, we got him. So, um, yeah, it was it was crazy because I think I think in um, after that, basically our week of grand final, um, Melbourne basically gave us all the they had basically had everything um, set up. You know their grand final week, assuming or you know in preparation oh. to go through oh, through the grand through the grand final. So I think basically we took a lot of their you know, where they were going to stay doing all that all, for all the grand final or just the logistical stuff, I think, oh, got right. sort of pa- passed on because I think they were a little bit more more prepared than the Warriors were. So, um, yeah, it was, mate, it was a, it was a brilliant, brilliant time, uh, brilliant to be a part of. The buzz, I remember getting back to um, Auckland Airport after that game and just the airport being chockers and people clapping you and cheering like it was it was crazy and it was and I think from memory that was also at the time of the rugby rugby union world yeah. cup yeah so Auckland was going nuts because I remember there was I remember we, we flew because all our games were away so we had the Brisbane game went to Brisbane and back then we went to Sydney and back then we went to Melbourne and back and we kept getting Boys were looking at like videos of like the streets of Auckland going bonkers because the All Blacks had won <laughs> and stuff like this. And we we're like, oh, just get us home. This is bad. Like, we're missing out on all this. And we'd go down, go down by the water where they'd set up the big, um, the big like platforms with all the screens, you know, and everyone go down and get on the beers and, and watch the rugby. So it was, it was a really cool time because the city, the city was just pumping. Everyone, everyone was Warriors fans and everyone was behind us. That was awesome. Well, it was, it was massive too because we made all three grades in the grand final that year. So we had yeah. you guys, we had the 20s and we had the reserve grade. Um, did the did all three teams come across together and did you all stay together or is it a separate entity for like it's the first grade kept separate from the 20s and so forth? Yeah, I think... Oh, jeez. Oh, I can't remember whether we all stayed together or whether we all, like, well, I think, because we had to come across for the, I think we came across on maybe breakfast. like Wednesday, Wednesday for the breakfast and all that they did at that time. So I don't know that the other, the other sides had to do that. So they might've come later. Um, yeah. So I, I can't remember exactly, but um, yeah, I know we went over, over for that. Um and then had the few days build up. So, yeah, well, it was cool. But I think we only got, was it the 20s that won and then the boat, both the others got, or did we yeah, all the, lose? The reserve, no, the no, the reserve grade lost. Uh, Michael Lett scored in the corner in the reserve grade side for Canterbury. And oh, we lost sorry. that by yeah. four points. Yeah, And then we beat the Cowboys in the 20s. Kyle Felt missed a right. penalty shot to level it oh, up right in front. Yeah. And yeah, then right. you guys played Manly. Yeah, it was Manly. Manly were unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that was that. Looking looking back at it now, I think you know you go in, you go into a game all confident, but then I think when you pull yourself away and look at objectively, you sort of 
sort of go, look, Melbourne, I mean, Manly were, they, they were clearly a, the, one of the better sides all year and just had a down pat. And, um, you know, I think but now looking back at it quite objectively, you, you sort of start realising that, that, you know, it's not an accident that they just put it together on, on the day a bit better than you after, you know, the build-up and the season they've been. So, um, yeah, it was just, just a bit of unfortunate. I still remember... Assuming they scored that one try, I think Glenn Stewart, just before half time, grubbed about 20 yeah, metres out from his own yeah. line. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And then they picked it up, ran down. Yeah, so they, they, had, some, they had some good plays. They had a really good side there. and um, Yeah, they were just too good that day. Well, yeah. We've spoken to a few guys from the 2002 team, the, the Warriors team, and they said that the whole grand final week was just a blur. So it was that was that your experience of it? Was it just a blur for you, or did you get to soak a bit of it in? Yeah, I, th- I think we soaked soaked it in. I think it was. I think if I look back, I think I think it actually I ended ended up playing obviously with the Roosters and the Cronulla, and probably especially after the Roosters, I think I think we probably did did a few things wrong. Um, you know, now looking back that week, I. I think it's just such a buzzer. I think the the other two grand finals have been a party and been able to win. I think the key is to keep the week as normal as possible. Um, you know, there's such a buzz. I remember, you know, it was so keen. We we had an open training session and then, you know, after training, we were out. You know, got, there would have been guys that spent maybe two hours out on the field afterwards signing autographs and, and doing that, you know, and but it's it's just not that's not a normal week, and it's it's not. I, I just I just think we probably got too too involved in you know how big it was and how big it would be if you know you sort of won you you lose focus of what it what it's actually going to take to win, get the um, game one, and that's the eighty minutes of football. Um, so it's probably. As unfortunate it is to lose one there, it's probably probably something I was really um, really aware of going into future grand finals and future grand final weeks of yep. not not focusing on enjoying it because it is it is such an awesome time and there's a lot of people that wish they were you and wish they were there and and they're not but but also not losing sight of the actual eighty minutes performance that is. What it's going to take to to win, I, th- I think. Yeah, I think just a, looking back, we we probably missed it a little bit there, and I think the it, the week sort of became a bit of a circus. It was just so big and mm. so that, and I, I think it, it just sort of drained you and just just probably took a little bit of the focus off being. You know, we've got a massive eighty minutes to to finish off how we want to finish off. Well, that's um. <laughs> That's pretty insightful, actually. That's quite, yeah. probably one of the best answers I've ever heard from anyone talking about grand final week. Because guys like us, we don't know. You know, we we get wrapped up in our team being in a grand final and and um, that kind of stuff. But no, that was yeah, wow. Um, I was I was fortunate enough to be at that grand final, um, and because we had all three grades and because we were playing manly, there was definitely more Warriors supporters than manly supporters. Um, and we got to participate in in a massive harker before the game. Uh, do you guys remember that? Were you aware that that was going on uh, before the team ran out? 
Uh, I, I do remember bits of it or talk of it going in because they were talking. We were talking, I think, even in the towards the end, they were talking about um, how back in the day, how the Warriors used to do, and the All Blacks used to do the blackout. So they'll get yep. all the fans to wear <coughs> black and all that. And as you said, because everyone hated Manly, I think it was about 90, 90%. Anyone who was neutral, it was basically Manly versus any. Um, NRL fan, so yep. it, it was clearly it was you know um, clearly ours, and I I remember bits of it. I think a lot of it was going on while we were in the sheds. Um, yeah, but I do remember even in lead up at different games and in different corners and that all the all the guys doing the the big huckers and that. Or when we ran out, when we ran out, they'd still be in the corner all doing it. Yep. It was such a for us. It was such a cool thing, you know, not not being New Zealand or Māori or anything like that, but having spent time there, like when you go to boys' birthday parties and stuff like that, how it's such a culture thing and a show of respect and that, that they do it. Yep. It was, yeah, we, we used to love it. And you, every time, you know, your hair's on the back of your neck start standing up. And I think it's, I think it's a really cool, really cool culture thing. I think it's one thing New Zealand do really well is, embrace that multi-culture and um you know even when you used to go to school prom promos you know and assembly and all the kids that start doing huckers and that like i think yeah that's actually something that yeah we we really enjoyed well just nice. just going back to the game again itself i mean you touched on uh, manly getting off, off to a hot start and they, they were up 18-2 but then we scored a couple of tries in the midway through the second half one through manu and elijah taylor to get it back to 18-10 um, were you guys confident at that point that you could you could get back into it? And is there anything else that stands out about about the game itself? Yeah, I I'm probably I think I remember <laughs> probably a bad way. I think I think I remember their tries. I think they're the ones that stick with me, and I think they just they're the things that hurt you the most. You know, it's mm. easy to remember the good. And I remember I remember it going in that flow, and I remember it coming back and going here we go. And obviously you're getting a bit of momentum. Here we go. We might pull it, pull it back again. But I just, like, I remember, I think the first try was inside ball to Brett Stewart and we just didn't tie, didn't tie in there. Um, you know, I, I remember Glenn Stewart kicking on his own 20 just before half time. I think after that break, Cherry Evans scored. Yep. Um, yeah. There's just, just some thing, things there that I yeah, I remember that I'm just like, geez, if we just tidied that up. And I think that's the hardest thing about grand final losses is that you've just always got always got that what if that just sit there. Like, what if we, we just didn't miss that? What if we did that? What you know, and but that's unfortunately that's that's the way it goes. You 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 can't have those what ifs on the day to get the to get the right result. It was it was widely reported that Ivan Cleary was moving on at the end of that 2011 season. How did you find him as a coach personally? Yeah, I, I really got on well with Ivan, obviously. Um, managed to link up with him again um, at Penrith just before I came over to here. But mate, he, he was he was really good. Really good. Um, enjoyed my time with him. Um, I think he probably changed. Probably went from, I went from a, learning so much under Craig Bellamy in quite a, quite a regimented, structured style of football. Um, 
whereas um, Warriors are pro- probably a bit more, bit more loose, a bit more ad lib, and and probably that, that probably suited me. Like it's probably why I had success there and um, could do that. So you know, I think I think we he, he understood the principle, and as I said, we had our game right. We we played to our strengths of of what our side was and um, and what we had there. Um, so yeah, I, I think it. Yeah, you know, it was it was no coincidence that you know we we had some good years and success the in the two years that he was there with us and um, yeah I, I thought he I thought he was really good I thought it was a, a shame shame to lose him yeah yeah following so the success we- of 2011 there were really high expectations for the club on the verge of something big but our 2012 season we finished 14th with an eight and 16 record. So Ivan had moved on and you had announced that you'd signed with the Roosters for 2013, I think before the season had already started. So was this yep. because you were you were homesick and you wanted to come home? Yeah, well, just as I said, um, 2011, as I said earlier, we actually we actually thought we were going to be staying on and extending. I think we started throughout that 2011 season, we started contract talks about, because my next year was an option in, in the club's favour. So I think uh, we we were talking about brushing the option and upgrading and extending um, originally and staying there. Um, but then, and the club were like, okay, um, we just need to sort out, we had a few, few young guys and that, so they needed to sort out um, a few of those guys so they knew what they had money-wise and that before it all happened. And then I think it started getting late late into that um, run and we were sort of going right in the semis and I just sort of said to him, I said, look, I don't want to talk about anything now. I, I want to concentrate on the footy and do that. And then um, by the time by the time that season finished and all this interest, so, um, yeah, we probably, we probably had, um, you know, really good financial offers back, back home that, that probably the Warriors would have struggled to um, be able to match anyway and then as I said we spent three years we just had our second daughter Layla was um, born over born over in New Zealand so she's still on a Kiwi passport she's our little Kiwi um, <laughs> and I think I think by then it, um, when we when we looked at it it was yeah it just it just felt felt better and uh, a bit easier to just come home yeah um, in 2012, Ricky Stewart had apparently earmarked you for State of Origin. How close did you get to being selected that year? Or, or, or were you even aware that you were in Ricky's plans? Uh, yeah, he, he called me at, um, at some point and said, look, I like the way you're going. You're going really good. I think I went over for an emerging blues, emerging blues side um, camp and then I think it was reported someday a few of us, we all ended up out on the drink after he told us not to get on the drink. And then it got reported. I think I read somewhere that that, that basically meant I wasn't going to play that year now because he was, he was dirty. We'd all got on the drink. So um, that might, that may have affected it that way, but um, yeah, unfortunately, but I think looking back anyway, the way our 2012 season went, I, I don't think it was probably, something that was going to happen anyway so um yeah 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 well speaking speaking of the 2012 season how it ended ended with eight consecutive losses and it was a real tough watch for all us fans 
a disappointing end to what was such an extremely successful stint at the club for yourself. So how, how yeah. will you remember your time at the Warriors? Yeah, I remember it fondly. Obviously, I, you know, I think in general, I'd, I'd um, look at it and say it was successful somewhat. You know, 2012, definitely very disappointing. Um, but, you know, I look back and I'd like to, like to think that um, I added added um, something to, to me time and that, that people, um, you know, thought that I was, it was, it was good to have me there. Um, yeah. I, I think we just, as, as I said, I think 2012, we had um, Brian McLennan came in uh, and I, I got on really well with Brian. I think he's a terrific guy, but I just think coach, I think we changed, as I said, in 2011, that I think we really worked out our style of football and, what we do and I think we just went right away from it I I know um, Brian had come back from Super League from coaching over there and I think it's a different style of football and um, yeah there are just some, some things I think we, we missed the mark and, and, and were a bit off there and we just changed too much from a successful you know successful 2011 to basically completely changing our game and style of play and and things like that. So I, I think there was, um, yeah, just some, just some things there that were unfortunate, and disappointing. And I think the thing that thing that sits the worst with me, I think, was I remember late at the back, that was when Michael Luck retired. And um, I think that's the thing that disappointed me most. The guy, guy like Lucky, who I, you know, had a tremendous amount of respect for and, um, that just that that's the terms that he went out on. I think I think of everything. That's probably probably the thing that that hurt me the most. Yeah. Um, sorry, mate. I keep looking at. The, I've got two screens running, so I've got I've got the the Facebook Live happening on this side, and I've got all these questions coming up. That just keep. I'm just reading. The, I'll get to those very very soon. Don't think yeah. that I'm listening to what you're saying. Um, your three-year stint at the Roosters, you won a premiership in 2013 and made it to the grand final qualifier in 2014 and 2015. What was it like playing in such a world-class team with so many great players? And what was Sonny Bill like to play with? Yeah, look, Roosters were obviously a very good side. I think I think a big, big change in our success was when Trent Robinson went there. And obviously, even beyond those years, I think... He's sort of shown that he was a big reason for it with their continued success. Because um, the year 2012, Roosters, I don't even think they played semi-finals. I, I don't think they were were going that well at all. Um, and then to turn to turn it around, obviously we, we had some pretty handy sign-ins. We got uh, Michael Jennings along with me, Sonny. Sonny obviously came. Um, so we had some had, had some pretty handy players um, come to, to what was, I suppose, inevitably a, a pretty handy roster already that was just underperforming. Um, so, look, Sonny, Sonny Bill was, was really good. I think he just, um, especially for any of the young Islander kids and that, I think just the way, the way he goes about what he does and his professionalism and the way he, you know, just applies himself to what he does, I think, yeah, it's it's second to none in professionalism. Probably the complete opposite to me, I'd say. So, so it's it, it, it's good, and um, you know, it's he just 
you see him go past, he just doesn't have a doesn't have an off season, you know, where a lot of footballers go from, you know, playing and then okay, you know, we we can get unfit now and we can get on the drink and, and have fun. This is um yeah, then Sonny just stays fit and, and does what he does. So um yeah, very very professional in what he does, very skillful and uh, obviously everyone sees what he does on the field and what he can bring. So yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, well, having been on the end of a losing scoreline in a grand final, can you describe the feelings of actually winning an NRL grand final? Yeah, it's funny. I, I remember back at League Club after we won and I was sitting with Sonny, funny enough, talking to him. And I said exactly when I was like, I was just talking about the what ifs and that in after you lose one. I said, you know what? I said to him, I said, you know what it is? It's just just content you know you you sort of sit back and when you when you do lose them you sort of go go between you know you finish up you've had a good year you get on the drink with the boys and you start going well you know what we had a good season you know we we went really good but there's always that what if and I think when you finally get it done it's just such a feeling of content that you know what we've put all this hard work in and we did it you know you just I think it's just that contentment and that happiness that there's no what ifs. It's just we did it, you know. That's what so many people strive to do, and it's such a challenge to do. And we did it, you know. So I think I think that's probably the biggest thing that I that I sort of take out of it. Yeah, so many great players of our game retire never having played in a grand final, let alone win one. Um, you've played in three, one, two. Did you ever think when you were running around in New South Wales Cup back in 2008 that within eight years you would have won two premierships represented your state and your country? Like, do you pinch yourself? No, yeah, not at all. And I think it's it's something that people ask you a lot when you're, you know, they say when you're young, did you ever think? And you don't really, but I think it just sort of, when you're sort of going through it, everything sort of slowly happens and, you know, you sort of go, oh, no, I wouldn't get to there. I wouldn't get to that. That, you know, that doesn't really seem possible. And then you start doing one and you go, oh, it's not that much further. It's not that much further. And But when when you sort of sit back now and look at it and all this stuff, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm extremely proud of of what I've what I've been able to achieve. Like, I don't, I don't think I was, you know, the most the most outstanding player by any means. I, th- I think, um, I think I... The one thing I really I did have that helped me well is I, I know I know that I know rugby league really well and I I know I've got a good footy brain and um, I think I think I've managed to not necessarily be outstanding individually but I feel like a strength of mine has been able to bring out the best in the players around me so um, yeah I think I think that's that's sort of something that's held me in, in good stead. You finished your NRL career at the Panthers. So how did it feel playing alongside the young kid who used to be the Warriors ball boy in 2011? Yeah, yeah, it was crazy because, as I said, obviously having Ivan so early, we always, every time we bump into him, and we'd always sort of say g'day and all that. And I, I remember saying with, because um, Nathan's little brother, Jet, I remember he was only tiny when we were over there and um, I used to be his favourite player. So that was that was always good. I always used to laugh and, and say, that's sweet, I'll never get dropped because Ivan won't drop his, his son's favourite player. So. 
And then and then all these years later, I end up playing with, you know, obviously a, a young Nathan. I've got kids of my own. And my my um, oh, my third third eldest, Ethan, he just loved Nathan. He just adored Nathan. So I said, it's, it's so uncanny how life goes and you swing yeah. by and then it's my kids that are, are looking up and love it, loving Nathan. So it was it was something that was really cool, obviously, you know. Um, yeah, to to have that different dynamic to to re re link up with with Ivan there and and work with Nathan and having sort of I sort of watched him come through and then I heard when he was at Penrith, um, I heard heard him saying oh, I'd catch up with Ivan. He said, yeah, Nathan's going all right. He's coming through the Penrith junior system and I heard sort of talk about him and. Yeah, I think it was yeah, it was a cool way to finish, and especially playing yeah. playing Origin and stuff like that alongside him. I think I think that was awesome. Is um speaking of Origin, is Origin like you played fourteen Origin games, seven wins, seven losses? Is Origin the toughest footy ever played? As they they say that it is. Did yeah, you find it, it is. It is the game. I think I think the thing is, it's always it's always close, regardless. I think even. Even you look at last year's series where, you know, on paper the Blues should have blown Queensland apart and probably if they, they played a bit smarter than that would have. But, um, yeah, I, I just think it is. It's that, it's that fierce rivalry that's been in you since you were, since you were kids, you know. You'd, it was just it was just brought in. There was this such fierce rivalry that, you know, you remember when you are a little, little kid and watching, you know, and, and you'd go go to school the next day, and if New South Wales had been beaten, and that your mates were Queensland supporters, you'd be filthy. And yeah. it was just this—it's just been bred India for such a such a long time. You know how important it is, and um, it is. It's a—I think it, people sort of ask—is it faster and that? And it—it's a weird thing to say because you—it's not necessarily—it is faster, but not because you because you can get away with more in the tackles in terms of slowing them down and that. But I think it there's just so much passion and rivalry in it that everyone carries with a bit more bit more in them and everyone hits with a bit more in them and you don't have stops stoppages because there's penalties. So it just goes end to end. So I think that's where it is, where it all sort of differs. But it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely one of the best footy you can play because it, it is. It's it's a grind and it's a challenge. And just just on that, when you're talking about the the speed and what have you, have you have you been watching much of the NRL um, in the past couple of weeks since it started? And no, if so, sure. you haven't. No, you haven't. Oh, because <laughs> I, I reckon since I've been over here now, I reckon last year I watched maybe three three games when I heard the Panthers were going well, and I just yeah. thought I actually. I actually love, I'm actually, now that I'm over here recently, with the time difference, it's sort of hard because the night, the games are like, say, mid mornings or whatever over here. And that, and I, you know, at the moment, I think, I think mentally, I'm just so, so happy to move on from that now and, and just enjoy. I love being over here that you're out of the spotlight, that you're just a normal person because rugby leagues and minority sport over here it's not so big and i love all that stuff about it so you know i've still 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 got aspirations i think i'd after footy i'd love to come back and get into coaching uh, yep. in some sort of role and, and stay in the game and that but i think i think in my time over here i'll, I'll probably just try and stay 
stay away from it a little bit and enjoy enjoy a bit of time out of it. Yeah, well, just, just quickly back to uh, rep footy. So you're lucky enough to play four tests for Australia. So what was it like to reach the pinnacle and represent your country? Yeah, that was that was strange. That was obviously after our 2016 win with the Sharks. I got picked in the Four Nations, and that was that was something I probably never ever expected to to happen. Uh, I was probably you know I was still been playing Origin and that for a number of years, but it was probably nothing something that I just thought I'd I'd never do, and I, I was happy with that. I wasn't you know it wasn't something that wasn't something like I really had this unbelievable you know, burning desire to play for Australia or that I still had to do. I, I didn't really feel like that. But, um, yeah, it was certainly when it, when the opportunity came, it was certainly unreal to, to be a part of it and, you know, to sort of play with that quality of players and in competitions where, you know, we won the Four Nations and won the World Cup and things like that. Yeah, that, that, that was awesome. And the trips were fun. You know, we had, we had an absolute ball. My first trip over here in... Um, for the Four Nations, we had sort of seven seven weeks over around England and all that, and mate, we had we had plenty of fun. So that, that was good. You're um you're about to start your second season at Le Catalan. Um, kicks off this weekend. Uh, yep. uh, how do you find the speed and the intensity of the game in the Super League compared to the NRL? Is it much different? Yeah, I think over here you just. There's a there's a drop off um, throughout the season. There's twelve sides, but the level I think in NRL it doesn't matter who you play on the day. If you if you're off a little bit, you can you can get pipped. Whereas I think there's there's some the top sides that are, that are tough games and play really footy, but then there's also some some lower more blowout scores and um, you know that that aren't as aren't as close. So I, I think that's probably the the difference just a little bit the week to week um, grind and consistency. There's probably the level level in some of the lower sides just drops away a little bit more than it does in the NRL. Yeah. All right, Jimmy, I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions that we ask all our guests just while hammer um, checks out some of the questions that we've received on Facebook live. So who was the most influential yep. player you ever played with? Played with uh, from me. Probably Cameron Smith. Very nice one. Who was the most skillful player you ever played with? Oh, skillful. Um, Fletty Mateo would have to be up there. Yeah, yeah. Silky skills for a big man. The most yeah. skillful player you played against? Skillful that I played against. Uh, oh. Yeah, maybe like a oh, oh. maybe like a ben, Benji Marshall or something. Oh yeah, fair enough. Toughest teammate you ever had? Uh, I'll stick with the Warriors. I'll say Simon Mannering and Michael Luck. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> nice answer. <laughs> <laughs> Two greats. There they are. Yeah, absolutely, they are. So, who was the toughest opponent? Uh, the, probably the bloke I, I used to hate marking up against the most was Dave Taylor. Oh, he was, he was yep. big and very hard to handle. He was, yeah, 
he was sort of quite skillful for a big bloke and fast and I couldn't even get me arms around his legs to tackle him. I couldn't even reach him though that big, so he was tough. Here's a good one for you. The best sledger, either a teammate or opponent. Oh, the best sledger. <laughs> I tell you what, I, everyone used to say Michael Innes, but I never heard much of every time I played him, I never never really heard that much about him. I think he was in the middle and that. I used, I used to have a couple of I tell you actually Willie really, Will Chambers. Will Chambers is very good. Yeah. I can believe that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the same on the same vein, biggest pest. Uh, you played with against anything? Andrew Fafita. Incidentally, we asked um we asked Dan Dingo Floyd the same question, and he said you. <laughs> <laughs> I just used to keep Dan on his toes. That's all. Yeah, of course. Okay, last one of the rapid fire questions. Your funniest teammate? Ah, oh, funniest teammate. I used to get a lot of laughs out of Kevin Locke. He was, oh, he yeah. was just, he was just very more laughing at him a lot of the time. But he was just, <laughs> he could tell a lot. He could tell a lie like the best of them. He was, he was very, he was very funny, even not meaning to me. But he was. I used to have a lot of the fun with Kevin. He used to be, he used to be good value. Yeah, awesome. All right, I'm going to read out some of these questions or in comments. Um, <laughs> Jay Harris asks, which club on the Peninsula Central Coast does, do you still consider your junior club? Uh, yeah, I did St. Edwards and played St. Edwards and Arimba. So I probably, probably a bit of both. Uh, yeah. St. Edwards never had a senior side, so... Uh, went out to Rimber after that. So both both those two, I probably consider them both my junior club. Paul Paul um, Smith has said he's loving us in our retro jerseys, mate. Just thought I'd put that out there. Um, <laughs> someone, I, I told you this was going to come up uh, before we went live, Jimmy. I told you it was going to come up, mate. Whenever <laughs> I need a, <laughs> whenever I read, need a really good laugh, I relive your story about your barbecuing alone on the Footy Show's Perfect Partners segment. A number of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad I can give people a laugh. Uh, it was one of the funniest things. Um, uh, Christian asks, who was your favourite teammate to play with? We've said that one, haven't we? Um, Nick McKercher asks, in a rugby-dominant um, New Zealand, a country such as New Zealand, what is the general public's week-in, week-out level of interest and support for rugby league and the Warriors in any given season? Yeah, I think it, I think it's quite big. I think I think it definitely grew. I think like anything, um, the more successful you were and the stronger you were you were going, the more it grew. Um, but I think there was always like we had every week at uh, Mount Smart. You know, sometimes you'd have some torrential conditions, and we had a rock solid ten thousand people there. You know, rain, hail, and shine, week in, week out. Um, I think I think it's definitely. There's definitely plenty of interest in rugby league over there, and I, I think it's you know it's very important for the NRL and the game that New Zealand be strong. You know, I'd love to see the Warriors as as one of the really strong outfits for for a period of time because it just grow even more. So would we. Um, what's your memory of RTS or your memories of RTS or thoughts on RTS? Yeah, 
awesome. I remember he was just coming through uh, the Roosters when when I first got there, um, and I I never didn't know much about him when we were running. The first memory I remember we were running opposed against each other, so he was defending. He come out the back of a second man shape, and I, I was sort of had him checked off, and I was like, "Yep, got him, got him." And then he just went bang left foot, moved about two meters to the side, and went straight past me. And I went, "Oh wow, didn't have him, didn't have him at all." <laughs> and that was probably the first time I realized, "Oh, Lee, this kid goes all right." So you were the first of many. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Still doing it. Um, how did it feel to finally deliver a premiership to a fan base who had waited so long in the Sharks? Yeah, unreal. I think it, it probably probably something that never probably only really sunk in and hit me probably after the after the game when I seen uh, Andrew Eddinghausen in tears with Dal and stuff like that. Probably the first time after that that I actually sort of stood back and realised, wow, this is this is really special. You know, it means a lot to a lot of people. And seeing the seeing the reaction of um, Cronulla fans and started crowd surfing through Northies and yeah, then knew it was a great time. Yeah. Uh, and last question: What's bigger, state of oh, hang on, two questions: What's bigger, state of origin or Test match footy, in your opinion? Um, I I think. It's a big, obviously, a bigger honour playing um, a test, playing for your country. But I'd always said to people, I said, if someone had said to me before my career, you can only play one one match, a state of origin or a test match, I'd pick state of origin every day of the week. Okay, awesome. Uh, and now we'll say something in French. Can you can you speak French? Have you learnt any French? Well, je parle un peu français. Uh, that's I speak a little bit of French. Uh, it's <laughs> it's, 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 it's getting, getting better. It's still very, still very hard. But the um, the kids do. My kids they go to a little French school um, in the in the village we're in, and it's like not an international school. It's just French. So it's, oh well, they, they don't speak any English um, there and that. So the kids pick it up so quick, and now nice, now our yeah. kids are translators for us. Basically, uh, if we don't understand something, we call the kids over and they they help translate for us. It's it's really cool. What um what's what's your contract length over there? Is is this your last season at Macalans, or you got another season? I've, I've got I've got this year, and then the club's got a club's got an option for next year. So uh, okay. yeah, we'll see. See how this year goes. See how the body's feeling. Not getting any younger. I turned thirty-five this year, so we'll we'll see how see how we're going halfway through and see what we want to do. What's wrong with you, mate? Camp this week till thirty-seven, thirty-eight, <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I, I wish I was Cam Smith. <laughs> <laughs> what um? What? Who do you play this week in your in the season opener for Le Catalan? But how KR? How how KR? So we fly over. I think we play them at like Leeds. So at the moment, we've got to fly in and out on the same day. So we fly over, play, and fly straight back. So yeah, no crowds. We forget what it's like to play in front of crowds over here. It's been empty stadiums for far too long. Well, mate, we, we went through that last year only for a short period of time, but it kind of, as fans, it kind of made you um, not take for granted the, the fact that you could go and watch your team play. Um, yeah, I know. Like I, I last season, I went and watched the Warriors in their first game at Newcastle, and then COVID hit, and they played Canberra in a in a uh, 
stadium with no crowds. And then when the season started, as soon as they were able to have crowds again, I made sure I went to every game that I possibly could. I didn't want yeah. to take for granted the fact that, you know, because I think we all did for a while there, you know, just take for granted, oh, you can go to any game you want. But yeah, when it's taken away from you, it's, uh, it's something you miss greatly yeah. as a fan. Yeah, 100%. I think the players are the same way. You don't, you don't realise how, how much you appreciate the fans there until they're not there. I think it's exactly the same on the other side. Yeah, because I, rem- I remember last year watching the Super League Grand Final and it, after watching our Grand Final and then you watch the Super League Grand Final with no crowds, it was, it was just kind of, it was a weird situation. It was, yeah, yeah just really weird. Yeah, well, they, played, they, played the, they played the Challenge Cup at Wembley in front of no fans. Like, imagine, imagine playing in... ANZ Stadium, 100,000 stadium, and not a soul there. Like, oh. Yeah, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyway, mate, we want to thank you for your time. Um, in all the Warriors fan forums, you're still one of the most favourite uh, players that we've, we've ever had play for our club. Um, you're fondly remember, remembered by all Warriors supporters. Um, and like I said before, you may have played for, you know, the Roosters, the Sharks and the Panthers, but to us, you're always and forever will be Warrior number 156. Thanks very much, guys. Really enjoyed the chat and enjoyed the Warriors, my time there. So, awesome. Really appreciate your time, Jimmy. Thanks very much for joining us tonight. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Have a good one, eh? You too. You too, mate. Oh, mate, what a character. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, Um, yeah, we we always knew it would be an entertaining chat, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, again, it's... Um, I'll say, you know, I've, I've said to you off camera before, um, the chat with Justin Murphy was probably one of the most personal chats we've had with someone. He was, it was really personable and really good to talk to, but uh, Jimmy Maloney just up that is such a character. So, so funny to talk to his stories are so great. Yeah, um, uh, but again, such a great footy head on his shoulders as well. Uh, you, um, you can't argue with his record everywhere. He went, he was successful. He played grand finals with, with three out of the four teams he played for on NRL, took us to a grand final. And, and for Correct. that very reason, he'll always be etched in Warriors history. And we're very grateful for his contribution to our club. Absolutely, we are. Absolutely, we are. Um, we want to thank everyone for joining us tonight for this special uh, Ruin Hammer edition. We will be back tomorrow night with our standard Wednesday night show, uh, 7.30 Queensland time. Mm. Yeah, 8.30 New South Wales time, 10.30 New Zealand time to discuss... Round two, um, talk about our set of six for this week and um, preview the game against Canberra. Um, so, yeah. yeah so, so make that, sure you guys all tune in again tomorrow night. No, it's, it's a bit weird to back up again. Um, yep. But, yeah, we're just very lucky to have this chat with Jimmy Maloney. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those things for us, you know. Um, you know, we'll work around the time that best suits uh, these guys to come onto the show. And if it means a special broadcast... You know, that, so that's what we'll do. So, yeah. yeah. So, thank you once again, everyone. Um, and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow night. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Catch you tomorrow. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks.